11 minutes it is before 8 p.m. We now take a look at the world of money and uh, the world of capital. And I'm joined on the line to take a look at the big stories in the world of business on this Tuesday by Makwe Masilela. And uh, Makwe is uh, Chief Investment Officer and Founder at Makwe Fund Managers. Makwe, good evening to you and welcome. Compliments, brother, and very good evening to the yeah, listeners. Man. Are you keeping? Compliments of the new year, brother. I certainly hope I'm well, my brother. Can't complain yourself. No. Trying to keep safe and trying to work smart. Hey, man, you know, I, I asked somebody earlier on today about Unjani, and when they responded, but as long as we pay from Lesasanganenenyama, Baba, we keep going. We keep going. True that, eh? Talking about that, Makwe, it seems umpefumlo uh, when it comes to uh, what's happening in the Cape Winelands and um, a big group here of uh, family-owned wine farms uh, taking the government to court. You know what? You can't blame. I mean, it certainly does sound to me that uh, there's a looming collision course here between many of the large alcohol producers and the government, especially when it comes uh, uh, to the perspectives around employment and investment. We've heard here... Uh, nearly 350,000 people employed by the uh, uh, wine industry. Many of those jobs uh, ostensibly are on the line. We also heard SAB also, you know, uh, I guess, uh, uh, switching the taps off when it comes to their investment. Heineken doing the same as well. How do you anticipate this unfolding, Mark? Where I mean, there's the legal challenges, there's the commitments now, uh, you know, to uh, renege on some of the investment commitments that have been made. Uh, how do we make sense of all of this? And uh, I guess, is there some... Uh, a possibility of some sort of uh, conclusion to this or, or potentially government and the alcohol producers finding each other here? I have to be told, you know, when it comes to business owners, shareholders, the most important thing for them is to continue to make profits. And when it comes to the investments like the SAB saying that they're no longer going to be investing, these guys can still come back when things start to normalize and invest. Remember, when they invest in a country, they're not just doing a country uh, a favor. Mm. They're doing an investment because it's necessary for them to expand because there is demand. So that we have to be careful. They're not just doing as a favor. Do you think it's used and as a stick, Mark? Do you, do you think? Exactly. Mm. To some extent, they are because immediately the government closes, then this is the cut that you raise. Immediately the government closes, then you go out and announce that I'm going to uh, defer X amount, 2.5. I think it would be taking almost 5 billion that will be deferred of investments. But my point is, those kind of investments can still come back. It's just so unfortunate that they're not happening now with this high unemployment rate. Remember what happened to the second quarter? We lost almost 2 million jobs. And businesses were saying, please, Mr. Government, open up, open up to save jobs. We saved, we opened up. What happened? Almost 2.2 million jobs were lost, and we are continuing to lose jobs. What you need to be careful about here is that there are just so many jobs which have been lost that are not reported to because most businesses, if not all, your biggest expense is labor. So when you're not doing okay, definitely you won't hesitate. And we know that guys out there who retrench people so that people can go and claim the URF benefits, then rehire the very same guys in different terms and conditions. That business is that they close today, they get to be liquidated today. Tomorrow they open up using a different name. The very same guys, they send different people to go and buy the very same furniture. They open up a very same business, but on a more a, a, a smaller scale. So we know that these are some of the things that generally business people do use. We are not saying this is right or wrong. We're all at admitting that everybody's facing harsh times, but it's going to be very interesting that what do you put first here? 
trying to get the economy to run, trying to get shareholders to continue to make profits, or trying to save lives. And my point is, if we get it right, it's just going to take us some few months to try to save all these lives. And then thereafter, we expect businesses, especially if the boards of those businesses, they know what they are doing, especially if they've used the past 10 months or so to strategize and see that going forward, how are we going to operate? They don't expect to see those businesses to be able to come out of the woods. Yes, it might take them a year or two years to do that, but they should be able. And this is a test to all the people who are in leadership, especially in the private sector, that now you have to put your skills together to make sure that you come out of all this. Yes, we know you'll be having huge debt, you know that you're not making money, but hey guys, as a business, that's what they call a business cycle, Ayabonga. Mm. Times when things are not going okay, and we're not saying those times are welcome, we're not saying those times must happen, but the reality is, you get those kind of times. So remember, you can even have a recession without the government even closing the, the economy. But it's just because the way things are happening. What do you call what you've seen during 2007, 2008? Businesses closed, people were bankrupt, people lost their houses. Was it because of the lockdown? No, it was one of those economic conditions during that period of time. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's not a nice thing that the industry has closed not a nice thing that people will probably lose jobs. Look what happened to consoles as well. They have to keep those finances going on and it's costing them almost 8 million rand or so a day. They cannot close them off. So it's not nice. And this is why government should also be coming and be creative and give those kind of people some tax incentives, giving those people a way that to defer their taxes, giving those people a way to try to reduce the tax burden get the municipalities to at least reduce their rates and taxes, stuff like that. So there are just so many things that the government should be doing as well to help the very same businesses which are struggling. Why should the guys continue to pay ESCOM the way they've been paying it if things are that tough? Get ESCOM to come into play. Remember, ESCOM at the end of the day is government mm. anyway. Get the municipality to come into play that, listen, guys, this is how we're going to reduce you know, we are levies. Get Mr. Banker, who has given a guarantee of almost 200 billion. So far, he has used maybe 25 billion thereof to make sure that the police help these guys as much as you can. Under normal circumstances, there might be things that we might not be taking as a collateral. This time around, maybe think that of the post, you know. So, all I'm saying is let's try to be as creative as we can. But that does not guarantee that all businesses will be safe because, at the end of the day, it depends on the leadership of that particular business. Mm. If you are there mm. because we like you, but you cannot drive the business, then unfortunately, this is one of those testing times. But yeah, this is just so unfortunate for everyone. It's not just the liquor industry, it's not just the economy. There are mm. people who are losing their loved ones as well. Exactly. There are people, unfortunately, who get to be retrenched, you know, even if those sectors are still operating. And you know, Makwe, I mean, with, with the amounts that are paid to some of these executives, I mean, if, oh, if you're not able to, to steer and navigate a company through crisis during this moment, then it might be a perfect and opportune moment for you to exit stage left. Uh, you spoke about ESCOM, Makwe, um, mm. and I'm quite interested, I guess, uh, many of our listeners are probably going to be listening to this in the darkness, uh, um, be it due to load shedding or even routine power outages, substations are down and that kind of thing. It seems now that uh, 12 renewable projects are coming online and might be bringing 1,000 megawatt capacity 
by the end of 2021 and uh, i guess we're in the 19th of january so year end probably doesn't seem like something that's going to happen very quickly and you know what <laughs> Makwe, do you mind just moving around there for me i mean we seem to be uh, getting some uh, feedback on your line yeah 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 where are you I mind. <laughs> Where are you there, eh, <laughs> But 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 Marco, I mean, w- w- when we think about you know our renewables program, I mean, uh, a lot of the stuff, you know, we're talking about capacity that's set to come online around 2023 or so. If you think about some of the deals that were signed around 2018, I- I'm interested to hear from you. Uh, you know, uh, whether or not because we often tend to conflate issues here. One issue is around the restructuring of ESCOM, cutting up, cutting it up into three different pieces. And then the other is around getting sort of the, 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 the renewable energy online. And many people are asking, you know, a very important question, which is once those two things are done, can we be assured that we're not going to find ourselves in the darkness? That's a very true. And chances are they will... Mm, 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 mm. Let's do this. Tell you what, uh, hold the line there for me for a second while we take a quick break and try and get you on a much, much better line. But I think that point there about a response that says, you know, nothing in life is um, assured or guaranteed, I think is uh, probably gutting for many of those who run uh, operations that are reliant on electricity, which is most of us. Uh, And uh, we'll certainly return to the theme after this brief break. It's our wrap of the top business stories. Four minutes it is after 8 p.m. And I'm in conversation with Makwe Masilela, Chief Investment Officer and Founder at Makwe Fund Managers. Makwe, before we uh, had to take that brief break, we were talking about this anticipated uh, 1,000 megawatts capacity set to be brought online onto the grid uh, by the end of the year. And uh, I don't know, Makwe, it's called comfort to hear a response that says, you know what, uh, yeah, nothing's guaranteed. I mean, we, we built new power plants in the 2000s and many of those uh, before they were able to work at full capacity, have already had some technical challenges. So, you know, when it comes to these things, nothing is really guaranteed. Definitely. And now people are also now, mm. so this time around, we hope that it will work out. Sure, sure, sure. Now, Mark, let's shift our attention here to another story in the world of retail. And uh, many of our listeners would recall that uh, the Fashini Group uh, made a play for some of the more viable jet stores this after the uh, unraveling of the edcon group and uh, they put out a trading update today the foshini group and uh, mapping out i guess uh, the performance uh, through uh, to boxing day of last year of uh, the operations in the uk here in south africa and in australia as well and i guess uh, what those three destinations have in common is that all of them are subject to very hard lockdowns at the moment definitely but do we have Mark, where almost all of the segments, uh, right through from clothing to homeware to cosmetics to jewelry, uh, save maybe for cell phones, uh, experienced some negative turnover growth between April and uh, the end of the year last year, around December or so. What about cell phones made them so robust? I mean, uh, we even saw uh, at the height of the hard lockdown between uh, April to June in the first quarter, around 5.1% turnover growth at a time when many of these entities were closed. Remember, people now have been working from home, people that so it makes sense that data was cheap, all things were cheap, and people needed reliable uh, uh, cell phones to make sure, sure that they continue to be in touch, whether it's work-wise or with friends mm-hmm. and family, and given that we're not even allowed to visit each other. Yeah, yeah. Marco, before I let you go, I mean, a story you're going to be picking up later with the advocate uh, Tembegang Ngai Tobi, uh, and that's the probe into uh, medical schemes 
audits and I guess investigations into fraud, waste and all manner of other things, uh, which it seems disproportionately target black medical practitioners. That's what I mean. Just so two big, sure. you know, that they do things the way they suit them. The yeah. guys are continue to print money. And if you check, these Marco? are the big boys, you know. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to leave it there, but uh, it's certainly a story we're going to pick up. But uh, thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us, man. Pleasure.